Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the show. If you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast on the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Yes, but yeah. you must be able to hear to no, be the, a superhero. That's not true. You cannot be a deaf superhero. You can be a blind one, though, because we have one. Yeah. But have you even seen a deaf one? Yes, Siren from American Gladiators <laughs> was deaf. What? He's actually, I come down on his side. Yeah. What? Yeah. Siren? <laughs> Siren. That's a cruel name. <laughs> well, it's one of those funny American Gladiator jokes. All right, welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Benjamin Kissel, as always, staring at the very handsome Marcus Parks. He's got a lot of clothes on because it's freezing. Bang. All right. Yeah, is it cold enough for you? God, and we got this joker over here. <laughs> People say I'm the funny one around the office. <laughs> sure. Because, man, Monday is just like, rile me up so much, I'm going to bring a gun in here <laughs> water cooler talk that's huh? what i told brenda and i said brenda you say one more goddamn passive aggressive word about my calendar choice i'm gonna crucify you in front of the fucking attorney <laughs> district oh i love I don't that. even know office terms anymore that's how long it's been since i've had an office the job. attorney district yeah that's right that's right, and Tina Fey walks in with Alec Baldwin, and it's just comedy gold. Attorney district this this year with with uh, Lana Del Rey as a water cooler, and oh, wow. uh, Taya Leone as another water cooler. Oh, isn't that exciting? All right. Well, speaking of exciting, we're on part four of Leonard Lake and Charles Ing. Man, we are bringing it all back home on this episode. I mean, last episode, of course, that was, I would say, probably uh, the most disturbing as far as the tapes go. But this episode, mm-hmm. we're going to be getting into the actual trial of Charles Ng. Um, he is an unpleasant human being. <laughs> and we're going to cover this uh, more and more, of course, in this episode. Uh, these are two rude dudes. Yeah, is what right. I would call Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Super rude dudes. Super rude dudes. Um, I want to say um, 
I I believe that my caricature of Charles Ng is barely a, is barely larger than life. I, <laughs> right. it, it is the man. Now you feel like you're getting some blowback for the character. There's is been a little bit of blowback. Yeah. I f- it feels like, but I'm gonna just say the man right. is a bad person, mm-hmm. and he is like this. This is what he sounded like. If you listen to interviews with him, we couldn't play any of the audio clips of him because he is uh, it's all bad audio. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some trial. There's some trial stuff from him, but it's he sounds like that. <laughs> you nailed it. I nailed it. You just crushed the impression. <laughs> well, we left off the last episode right after Leonard Lake and Charles Ng had exterminated an entire family. Just like a lot of other serial killers, the thing that would bring down Leonard Lake and Charles Ng would be relatively mundane. During a routine trip to the hardware store, Charles Ng unable to control himself because of the aforementioned kleptomania, picked up a $75 vice, hid it in his big shoplifter's jacket that mm. he had specifically from the shoplifter store. <laughs> oh, I like that store. <laughs> Absolutely. He can't keep anything in there. Well, he took the di- he took the vice, put it in his jacket, walked out the store and dropped the tool in the aforementioned 1980 Honda Prelude. Mm-hmm. Now, Leonard Lake, who had been seen walking into the store with the oddly muscular Asian man. You keep putting muscular in there. <laughs> yeah, and oddly muscular. Yeah, because it? he just, again, he just had big shoulders and big knees. Yeah, what, what, yeah just like inner thigh muscle. What's the odd muscle on it? The deltoids. Uh, yeah, you got so, big deltoids. Yeah, big yeah. delts. Yeah. So. Leonard Lake, as I said, he was seen with the muscular Asian man. He was detained until police arrived. Cops took one look in the Honda Prelude's back seat and saw the vice laying in plain sight, mm. and Charles Ng was nowhere to be found. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because you know he did that thing where he threw the ninja smoke ball down, and then <laughs> right. he was like, er, most, most like shadow, I disappear. Er, uh, smoke disappeared. Not as thick as a... Third, I've got to spin kick my way in! <laughs> and he could, because he could spin kick so fast. That's right. He was like a helicopter. Yeah, and then he would, so he would, he would rise up then. into the oh, sky. Oh, I see. Interesting. <laughs> and cops do not look above their eyebrows. <laughs> oh, so they can't. All he had to do was hover. Yeah, that's, you get above the, uh, the, the eyesight line. of the hat. Yeah, of the, of the rim of a cop's hat. You're free to go. So the vice gave cops probable cause to search the car where they found a Stum Ruger 22 that was registered to one Scott Stapley, who was Lonnie Bond's best friend. He was the guy, he was the friend that mm. was killed along with the Bond family. Now, this wouldn't have been a problem for Leonard Lake because he was still using Scott Sapley's ID and passing. Well, that's why he would right. kill the other burly bearded guys or yeah. guys with mustaches. He would kill them in order to take their identification. Other woolly willies. Well, Leonard Lake, again, like his first arrest for which he had been on the lam for for the past few years, the thing that would take down Leonard Lake was the illegal modification to the gun. Now, had it not been for the re- for the arrest on the illegal gun modification, it is quite possible that Leonard Lake would have been able to talk his way out of the arrest and would have been free 
to kill again. And was the illegal modification correct me if I'm wrong? That was a uh, a pussy on the barrel. Yeah, he put a he put a pocket pussy for the barrel of the gun. Yes, it was adorned huh. with a bunch of broken men's teeth. <laughs> yeah, that? they said it made it too scary to sell. Oh, I see. Um, no, it was a silencer. Mm-hmm. Oh. So when police ran the registration on the Honda, they found that the car belonged to Paul Cosner who had been reported missing around Halloween the year before, and the plates on the car belonged to another missing person, Lonnie Bond. Now, this is how you fuck yourself up. Yeah. If you've got a fake ID that barely resembles you and a gun attached to that ID, Mm -hmm. right? You're like, so far, the cops are just being lazy. They're just kind of being (laughs) like, okay, he's obviously not this guy, but... You know what? It is free donut Tuesday, and I got to get over there. Um, but once the the car then doesn't belong to you, mm-hmm. the vice never belongs to you. <laughs> and then you have different plates from a different car attached to that car. You're going to jail. And every mm. person that is attached to every single one of these things has been reported missing. Now, at this right. point in any trials, we're going to say if we watched Making a Murderer, he is he is innocent until proven guilty, though, Marcus. <laughs> mm. Of course. This is all just coincidence that these are all dead people attached to the stuff that he was riding around acting like was his. Sort of a patchwork, <laughs> kind of a kind of his uh, a quilt type situation going on <laughs> yes, with all of quilt. his victims. <laughs> a quilt of missing persons and murder. But yeah. this is, again, this shows, like, he thought he had this fucking brilliant plan that this is what you do, this is how you hide off the grid, um, when actually it all it took was one little piece of the puzzle to, like, kind of remove one little Jenga piece mm-hmm. out of his bullshit, and then he was done. Yeah, and in addition to that, police also found slide photographs of the entire Bond family in the car. Not smart. Not smart. So he just carried these with him wherever he went. Wherever he went. Yeah, he just took them. He just had them in the car for whatever reason. This is how often he showed people the pictures he took. Right. Like, straight up. Like, if he met you and you guys, like, would, like, you know, he was like, hey, it's like, how you doing today? He's just like, you know, I wish it was Friday. He'd be like, you want to see this picture of a naked 16-year-old girl I took? (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Screw the small talk. Show me the good stuff. (laughs) Let's get right to the heart of it. I want to get to know you. (laughs) So Leonard Lake was arrested and placed into an interrogation room where he waited, knowing it was only a matter of time before police would trace his trail back to the cabin where all of the bodies and torture bunkers were. So the multiple murderer asked for a piece of paper, a pen, and a glass of water and wrote a note to Cricket that said, Dear Lynn, I love you. I forgive you. Freedom is better than all else. Tell Janet I'm sorry. Mom, Patty, and all. I'm sorry for all the trouble. Love, Leonard. The trouble's a DUI. Like, can we? <laughs> this is a little bit more than all the trouble. The murder cabin I have in the woods. Sorry for the trouble. So Leonard folded up the note, placed it in his front shirt pocket, and on June 2nd, 1985, finally made good on his promise and swallowed one of his secret cyanide capsules. He died in the hospital three days later. Mm. A truly free man. Truly free man. Free as a ghost in hell. And he had a... um, (laughs) How free is a ghost in hell? I actually don't think so, because I think you're technically kept in a gilded birdcage surrounded by a hawk-faced... 
Hieronymus Bosch type demon <laughs> who's puncturing you in the anus with a hot stapler. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sounds like a good time. So police who were absolutely baffled by this sudden turn of events searched Leonard's car further for clues. Inside, they found an electric bill addressed to Clarilyn Cricket Bayless with an address in Wileysville. So she immediately gives up Charles Ng. But what she also does is because she's this sort of slight little lady, she kind of talks her way out of immediately going to the cabin with the police. And so what she got to do was leave ahead of time, clean up a bunch of shit. Basically, what she got to do in about a day's window is go up to the cabin, clear out all evidence that she had any involvement with the actual murders or the rapes, mm. and then go back to the police and be like, it's ready to for a search now and then they go up with her to the cabin and they're like all right you little lady you know it's like couldn't help but notice that your vagina's like hanging out of the bottom of your skirt <laughs> well yeah. that's a uh, that's a swiffer commercial i could get behind <laughs> well what cricket said is that she went up there to remove just plain old legal erotic videos that featured her to avoid embarrassment oh. yeah but actually what we're gonna do with cricket's Further involvement in this trial, we're going to save Cricket for an entire bonus episode. Because she's a fun one. Because <laughs> yeah. honestly, I was I was talking about this uh, with my girlfriend about how I was like, Leonard Lake had his sex slave. Like, Cricket and him were balling like crazy. She did whatever he wanted. They were ready to go. They have video. There was video footage of her, because she was a school teacher, and there was video footage of her saying, like, like Leonard was kind of interviewing her, and and she was like kind of like talking about what she finds sexy, and then she turns to the cam and she's like, you know, I've seen a lot of cute fourteen or fifteen year olds that should end up in some of our movies, and she's like, I think I could tell him. It's like I have them in class, and they're like laughing about it and shit. I was like, that's you're number one. No, no, no. The total difference was that Cricket was into it, but she was into it. She was safe word into it. Uh, like she was acting like a she, normal human being. Like a normal right, human yeah, she being didn't like with die. a healthy sex drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cricket was totally into it in a normal way as far as we know, as far as can be conclusively mm. proved. But what Leonard Lake wanted was non-consensual. He, yes. wanted the, he wanted to break a woman. Well, he just felt that women should be at his beck and call and that they should be on his dick whenever he wanted them to be and then disappear yeah so cops with cricket in tow a day later began a search of the mysterious cabin in the woods cops found even more cyanide capsules hidden throughout the house with most of them being found in door frames which hmm. i guess just for him to just reach up if he was if cops stormed the house and they had to bring him out or something like that if he happened to be without a handy cyanide capsule right. on his body he could just reach up grab one and swallow it i it's tell like, you i get nervous if i don't have weed in the house <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> Yeah, it's like when your grandmother had Werther's Originals all around the house, so you could kind of nibble on those throughout the day. <laughs> she had them hidden in the door frames and in the pell of her house coat. After I was coming over, they knew exactly where to uh, hide all the candy, but oh, then I got hi. too tall and I found all of it. Oh, we've got to hide these Werther's Ben ate up to four bags yesterday, yeah. and, I, and I'm and i starting to smell the, the honey smell just coming out of his pores. Making a diabetes. <laughs> so what made police realize that this case was something more than just a kooky survivalist freaking out at the first signs of arrest was the discovery of video equipment that belonged 
to Harvey Dubs. Now, the Dubs family disappearance had been a pretty big deal in San Francisco at the time. And at the time, the only lead police had was a witness who had said they saw a strange, muscular Chinese man. <laughs> I know, <laughs> big shoulders. And, and he was yelling about uh, what he brings to a friendship to a large, avuncular-looking man. He's only going to describe really. And he was carrying an armoire that was tied to his back with jumper cables. Huh. Would you say he was oddly muscular? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, though, that was described in, uh, you know, by the dub's witness, matched the description of the dead survivalist companion, Leonard Lake's companion. And in fact, the two cops that went out that followed Cricket out there were involved in the dub's case. And one of them was quoted as saying that like, on his way out there, he's like, you know, I actually have a feeling about this. I, I have a feeling that this is somehow linked to dubs because there were so many like because because when they found Leonard Lake, it's like three missing people immediately tied to this guy. And they'd been searching for the Harvey Dubs kill, killers or mm. kidnappers for a long time. Absolutely. So, the, so the cop just he kind of had a feeling going out there and they were already kind of looking out there for mm. clues of missing persons. Do you think it's a frame job? <laughs> they they made the videos. They planted the evidence. They made him have to take the cyanide pill. Cut to Charles Barkley running through the forest away from him. Like, they never knew it was me. Charles Barkley? It's <laughs> me, Charles Barkley, <laughs> from, the, from the Suns. Why'd you do it, Char Charles? Uh, you know, it's every man needs a hobby. And I got to tell I ran out of Whitlandwood. Huh. Yeah, I had a whole pile of Whitlam wood, and I made as many flutes as I could make with my big old basketball hands. And then I decided to make a sex dungeon, and then I got Scott away, I got away scot free. <laughs> Wasn't that something? Breaking news. <laughs> so, a survey of the property turned up multiple soft spots of soil from recently dug holes. And the first thing that investigators found was a plastic drum containing the videotape labeled. M ladies, Kathy slash Brenda. Assholes. Yeah. <laughs> you call it California Raisins Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a disappointment, that one. Yeah. And also included were, of course, several photo albums of nude women, Lake's personal journal, and another videotape that was just labeled taboo. Ugh. And soon after the discovery of the drum, a police dog, having wandered off in search of clues, returned with a human bone in his mouth, complete with rotting flesh. And that's when investigators noticed the ants. Mm. Coming out from under a half-heartedly buried piece of plywood were dozens of ants carrying maggot eggs. And when police uncovered the hole, they found a section of human spine with flesh still attached. The spine belonged to the first M lady, Kathleen Allen. See, when you said ants, I thought you were going to say there was three large women, like Aunt Peggy, Aunt yeah. Martha, and Aunt Tubular. I thought the casserole was cold this I, year. You know, and you always complain about how long I keep it in the oven. Oh, Officer Gumpkin, you're looking so thin, you need to eat. Don't try the casserole. Oh, it's wait. cold this year. And look what I found. It's a human spot. Whoa! <laughs> Good day to be a police dog, though. Yeah, Lots can you imagine trying to get away that get that human spine away from that police come, dog? Come on, come on! 
That's unfor- that is very sad, though. It's sad. Yes, yes. Super sad. Super sad. Yes, of course. Eventually, thousands of bone fragments would be gathered from the property, most of them cremated. And in addition to that, police also found a charred piece of liver that a medical examiner said, with a reasonable amount of certainty, came from a child between three and seven years of age. Both of the babies that we know for a fact were murdered by Leonard Lake and Charles Ng were less than a year old, which points towards mm. multiple child murders. Well, they mm. obviously were doing uh, as many horrible things as they could think of. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like a lot of it was to uh, cover up crimes. And a lot of it was probably, if there were many more M ladies besides Kathy and Brenda, like it was, it was probably eliminating whole families. And the idea is that these kids are now a nuisance, and so now they're getting rid of all these, they're getting rid of everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't just make your house an orphanage because you <laughs> murdered everybody's parents. Can you imagine that if it was half daycare? <laughs> Yeah. With Charles Ng teaching him how to use nunchucks. You know? Mr. Ng, I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Now, <laughs> all right. Now, Rishi, now many rules in a Charles Ng karate school. First of all, never use bathroom. Okay, well, I just have to go. Do what I do. Okay, no, this is resting. I'm not to punish you now. I punish you later. What you have to do when you go to the bathroom is, see, you take the literous finger, your right hand. Mm-hmm. You stick it inside your pee-pee hole. Right this, like I do. Like... <laughs> And then eventually, the pee, if you don't, if you don't get rid of it out of your body, it comes up out of your eyes as tears of happiness. So while one investigator watched the M ladies tape, which of course we all know what was on the M ladies tape, another watched the one that was marked taboo, which at first viewing appeared to just be a movie taped off a TV, but as the investigator watched more closely, he noticed just a split-second flash in the middle. Now, those of you out there who remember VHS tapes, the tracking. You always had to deal with the tracking. First of all, I hope everyone's taken their arthritis medication. (laughs) That's right. You can never be too serious about your medication. And if you were like me, who obsessively taped every single thing they watched on television... When you taped over something, sometimes you would have a flash that would just be just a split second. Or if you didn't fully what, cover it, if you were if you were fast forwarding to like completely fill the whole tape, mm. you sometimes would miss a little chunk. And when paused, this flash revealed two bodies wrapped in plastic and sleeping bags lying in a blue wheelbarrow, the same wheelbarrow that was found in Lake's shed. And both bodies appear to be in full rigor mortis. When faced with this flash at trial, Ng said, I tried to touch the body as minimally as possible. Because, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, they, they look, they've been dead for days. And it's pretty stiff. And it's not like what I saw in my Halloween shows as a, as a child. When you know, when you go to your graveyard and order the skeletons, and they dancing or funny rack with the tap hats on, it's not like that with the actual dead. Objection? <laughs> I don't know. So when the bodies were uncovered, they were still wrapped in those sleeping bags. Both men were fully clothed except for their shoes, 
Both had rubber ball gags in their mouth, and both had been bound at their wrists and ankles, and both had been shot in the head. The bodies mm. in question belonged to Lonnie Bond Sr. and Scott Stapley, the man next door, and his best friend. If you're named Lonnie Bond Sr., you know how to play guitar, right? <laughs> I think so. You have to, right? Yes, or you're a professional poker player. <laughs> oh, yeah. Such a, that is a great name, Lonnie Bond Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a wonderful name. Yeah. It's a jerky company name. Oh, could be. <laughs> and by the way, thank you, everyone, for the jerky you've sent us. Yes, I, I mean, our fans just know us so well. We get more meat than any podcast that's ever existed. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I got, I'm holding my hand, Buffalo Bob's Alligator and Beef Barbecue flavored jerky and I'm going to I was going to eat it while we perform but it's too chewy <laughs> but thank you very much thank you thank Jeremy you. Bites for your kind letters and your beef jerky mm. okay let's get back to the snuff <laughs> films please <laughs> now it's in dispute just how many bodies the bone fragments add up to when all was said and done 25 pounds of cremated bone was recovered from the scene. Mm. Now, the average human skeleton weighs 20 pounds, so it's possible that the fragments themselves came from only two bodies. Now, Charles Ng's defense argued that investigators couldn't even conclusively prove that the bones were human and tried to argue that the bones were possibly roughly 10 cats. <laughs> <laughs> Actual a, courtroom argument he, that the defense made Charles, for Charles Ng. Charles right. Ng said that it was cat bones. And then <laughs> if you disagree with him, you're racist? Or if you if you do agree with him, you're racist? Every single thing the man did is vaguely racist. Right. Every every Hold action on. every took, he uh, is completely that. Yeah, big, thick Coke bottle glasses. Right. Only he cooks. All he cooks all day long, and according to him, cat meat, right, which is a racist thought about Chinese food, perfect, and, and rice, and lots rice, of rice. lots of rice. He talks about it. We're going to cover it. He talks about how much rice he cooked. Uh, oh, God. bad driver, couldn't bad. drive, horrible driver, right, and. Nunchucks. Nunchucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kung fu, quote unquote, expert. And then hmm. just, he's just sour. Yeah. <laughs> Yells a lot. Yells a lot. But the, really quick yeah. to anger. <laughs> the Green Hornet was a great show, though. It was. And I loved it. So it made sense that he liked Kato. Everyone, very good acting. So whether the bones were human or cat, we do know conclusively through evidence that 16 people were murdered by Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, but it can be estimated that just on that property, there could be as many as 25 people. Mm. That's a it's a big bunch. It's a lot of people. It's yeah, a lot of bunch. And and they're because they had so much space and they could do whatever they wanted out there. And, and again, they were killing people for many different reasons. And they were because yeah. then they felt like everybody was a threat. Leonard Lake thought that everybody was a threat and that's why he killed the the, the, the friend, that's why he killed Scott Stapley. Right. But also he was killing people for reasons. He was taking their ID what's and he the, was stealing uh, money from them. What's the time frame for twenty five? Uh this is maybe two years. So they were just on a roll. This was yeah. they were they were in full uh, berserker mode at that point. Huh? Yeah, once they got that house set up, once the whole cabin was set up and the M ladies like holding cell was set right. up, they just went boom 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 boom. Like, yeah. It's like when people wait to buy a home to have a family. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like starting a t-shirt company. <laughs> That's what I would a, say. A uh, space. You got to get <laughs> yes, a space. And you got a printing press. Right. 
Now you can just really just go online. No need for brick and mortar anymore. <laughs> Zazzle. Oh, and don't forget about one of our sponsors, Jack Prince. Go to jackprince.com for all of your t-shirt needs. That's where we get our t-shirts, and uh, they're a wonderful place to buy your t-shirts. Go and to jackprince.com. Is there any way a human bone could be confused as a cat bone, Marcus? Oh, God, no. No, I, I mean, well, that. I mean, it's it's very possible because the, well, I mean, it's unlikely, but possible. Man-sized cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking about like a, you like know, a, a like a wa- if we're talking about like a wampus cat, then sure. maybe. Okay. Or a giant walking seven-foot-tall tomcat, like a, like a weird orange like Garfield like Bigfoot <laughs> sort of an animated type thing no like a cryptid so as to how Charles Ng escaped arrest for the shoplift that he actually committed the $75 vice let's go back there when he saw that Leonard was being questioned in the store about the stolen vice Charles simply just walked away. Very shrewd customer. He just saw him, like, literally came out, saw him talking to cops. He's like, <laughs> better make hasty escape. And he's just, like, just, like, ran, like, and crawled through a ventilation system. <laughs> no, he's, uh, it's interesting, too, is right. that Leonard, like, gave up Charles Ng so fast. Yeah, They course. are both, it's that interesting thing about, like, they are true scumbags. They weren't even loyal to each other. No. As soon as one was in trouble, the other one's like, peace, and just, like, left. Yeah, totally. but they, and they also weren't really even mad at each other about it. It was just kind of understood. It's almost like they had talked to each other about it. It's like, oh no, I'm gonna fuck you over like as soon as I can if I need to. And you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna fuck you over too. It's, Let's lay all the cards on, on the table here. That's it's, almost, that's the most honestly refreshing relationship I've heard. That's right. true honesty. <laughs> just separate. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the going gets rough. The going, just go away. Yeah, just go away. And what Charles Ng did, called up Cricket, uh, who gave him enough money to flee the country. Charles ended up in Canada, in Calgary, staying with his sister. And he was apprehended days later on another shoplifting charge. He tried to steal some food, a loaf of bread, I think. Mm -hmm. And for which... A security guard and a school teacher wrestled him to the and ground. And that must have caused him much shame. Much shame. Yeah. <laughs> yes, much shame. More shame. Charles lost control of his bowels during the struggle. <laughs> and once he was alone in his prison cell awaiting arraignment, Charles tried to hang himself with his feces-soaked shorts. Guards promptly took away all of his clothes. So Charles was left in his cell covered in shit, mm. naked, and totally alone. All you bastards think that I shit my pants on, 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 on accident, but I tell you I do it on purpose. <laughs> Ultimate ras rep of the uh, cornered ninja. <laughs> what he does is, oh yes, you may get me in supine position. Oh yes, mm. you may have me in boa constrictor hurt. But guess what I do? I put my pepper on you. <laughs> you pooped on purpose? You pooped on poop now. Poop now then. Well, but why did you try to hang yourself in the cell then? Because I wanted it to be most filthy for when the EMT to mm. come cut me down. Because then I know, even in death, I got my poo-poo on you. <laughs> Everyone does kind of get poo-poo on somebody when they die. I honestly think that that would have been Charles Ng's actual right. uh, validation yeah. of shitting his pants. I'm happy that he didn't get the easy way out, though. I'm still a little bit pissed off that Leonard Lake got to uh, live out the cyanide dream. Yeah, 
Yeah, he really did. Because uh, uh, you mean, don't think it was Charles Ng's dream to shit on a bunch of people? <laughs> he didn't carry Dookie with him though, wherever he went. Uh, you know, soiled underwear wherever he went yeah. to hang himself. He, he wasn't building up to it for literally decades. We don't know. That is true. Actually, we do, <laughs> do not, not know, that. know. We do not know that. We will not put evidence on the scene. He literally could sit and force himself to <laughs> shit all day, like forcing himself to throw up, being like, "I don't know why I can make myself throw up, Lynch." Stick my two fingers and I hit my my tip and throw up spot. There's got to be a poo poo spot up in here. <laughs> oh, I just came in my pants. Oh, there's another kind of spot up in here. That is a special spot, huh? <laughs> now, although you might think that the multiple murder charges facing Ng back in America would supersede anything else, Canada insisted that Ng serve his full sentence for the assault and shoplifting before he was extradited to the United States. That is a very Canadian idea. <laughs> yeah. Because they really do. Because it, they have such a fucking like inferiority complex with America that they are very much being like, no, he yeah, yeah, he will serve the, the Canadian law yeah. first because he broke a law here in Canada. And here in Canada, we punish our criminals lightly. That's <laughs> Very lightly. But we do punish them sometimes. Right. Yeah, Less well, maple syrup on the old pancakes. And that's what you get, and you don't get any Molson's until, well, you can have one. Have oh, one. oh, my. <laughs> well, what Charles Ng did is that this was the beginning of him gaming the system to draw out his trial and to draw out his road to the death penalty as long as possible. Because mm. when he came into uh, when he started getting tried for the stuff in Canada he requested a completely different trial than was actually normal he requested uh, a bench trial which usually ends with stiffer sentences and almost always ends with a guilty plea uh, in order to stretch out his time in Canada as long as possible and he got yeah. the maximum sentence yes because he he started reading when he was in prison he started reading uh, legal it's very smart in his way. Where in he his would own read, way, yes. he would read different like law textbooks and shit, and learn about this stuff. He really armed himself to come here and like and stretch this out for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. But you, he doesn't really understand that eventually is like. You're there with a jury of your peers in America. They're going to watch what you're doing and eventually be like, oh, this guy's getting fried as soon as humanly possible. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, no more milking of the prostate, buddy. Yeah, and there was also uh, something else to deal with legally is that Canada and America had a treaty that said that Canada, if... They were being if criminals were being extradited to a state that had the death penalty, Canada could choose whether they wanted to extradite them or not. And it took four years for Charles Ng to serve his sentence for assault and shoplifting and for the two countries to negotiate the extradition treaty before he would be sent back to California. And Charles Ng's trial in California would last six years, create over four tons of paper documents, and would become the second most expensive trial in California history, second only to the McMartin Preschool Satanic Panic Molestation Trials, but ahead of the O.J. Simpson murder trial. That's insane, because you rarely see this trial mentioned, because it's quietly the most expensive one, because it didn't really hit, it wasn't very sensational, it was just the the weird ploys that Charles Ng would do, which is just fire your attorney over and over and over again, and that just makes it so they 
have to keep mistrialing you. It's unbelievable. Yeah. These Canadians, I don't like their legal system one bit. <laughs> this Charles Ng and uh, what's that documentary? Dear Zachary. Yeah, Dear You're Zachary. really shedding light on what the, what the Canadians are doing up there. Yeah, Dear Zachary. But I got to say, man, that baby had it coming. Well, you never know what it was going to become. <laughs> so Charles Ng had, to say the least, pretty loose lips about his crimes, particularly with people he met in prison. We saw this also mm. with H.H. H. Holmes. When he got into prison with that famous gunslinger, that's when he started for the very first time to talk to anybody about, to let anybody in about the crimes that he was committing. I right. mean, it's sort of a, it's an ego-boosting thing. Well, Charles Singh wanted to show that he was a real American badass, much like Kid Rock. Yes. <laughs> that he, uh could do the things that he said he would talk about. It's like the no kill, no thrill, no gun, no fun. Is that he can be like, no, you know, I did kill people, and I'm going to tell you exactly how I did it. Mm -hmm. I don't just rhyme. (laughs) He follows through. (laughs) He follows through. There were two men, above all, who heard the most, the first being a man named Joseph LeBerge that Ng served time with in Canada. Now, they had little pet names for each other, and this is what LeBerge called Ng. And this is a name, by the way, that Ng loved and thought that it was hilarious. LeBerge's pet name for Ng was Slant, while mm. Ng liked to call LeBerge Froggy Uncle or Grasshopper Karate Kid having been released the previous year in 1984. Oh, so they kind of had a little role-playing thing going on. They were joking around. That's jocular type talk. That is jocular type talk. It's very interesting because, again, it's like it's how he kind of made his way with people is that people would be incredibly racist towards him and then he would just kind of take it on. Mm-hmm. He only... So he just only watched movies with an Asian person. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not a lot to choose from for poor no, Charles. No. Limited selection. So somehow, Charles got in the habit of drawing cartoons of his crimes. And LeBurge estimates that Ng made him over 150 drawings over the four years that the two lived in neighboring cells. Most of the drawings depicted, at the very least, at their tamest, Rape, bestiality, and or brutal S&M. One drawing depicted Leonard Lake holding a whip in his right hand and his crotch in the left while saying, Oh, I love you, Kathy, I really do, to a woman bound hand and foot on a small table, which represented Kathleen Allen, the pair's first M-lady. But behind Lake and Kathy was a caricature of Charles Ng saying, Rice is ready. Dinner time. Right. Charles, I love the paintings very much, but you don't have any ink or uh, any markers in your cell. What are you using to paint c- with the... I've been... <laughs> Most ignorant of you. In <laughs> so many ways, how a man kept in captivity can make his own art surprise. What I like to call <laughs> mine is... Fart surprise. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, wait, that's wait, wait, wait. Fart surprise yeah. or fart supplies? Oh, no, no. I'm not being racist. <laughs> it's a fart surprise. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. No, it's why well, I am surprised. I am surprised. I actually am. Thank you. It's poo poo. It's poo poo. Okay, well, just want to clarify. So that's that's just, that's jail, though. So I deserve it. Now, regarding this cartoon, Ng actually said during the twi- trial, quote, the background where I was standing with the bird of rice. That is a joke because in the transcript, Rick was talking about how you will fuck for us, work for us, and cook for us. When in fact, you know, 
I got to say, <laughs> none of the Amrates have ever once cooked for us or washed for us. I was doing the cooking. Oh. I was the one actually doing most of the cooking when I'm up there. So then I was, I was like, put in like an essentially the satire of the whole unrealistic situation placed on this transcript. And that was the word they used again and again to describe these cartoons, to explain away these cartoons. They're satire. He kept calling them They're satire. Sa- They're that's satire. What said. <laughs> that's what I said. So like the ori- the onion. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like- satire. It's, funny, it's a funny jockery type joke. You know how? Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. You see Garfield, right? Yes. Garfield can't. Can't eat lasagna all day raw. No. But guess what? You give cat lasagna in real life, that kill cat. Oh, I <laughs> right? see. Yo, and I very much cat because it's like, as am I, it's just like, yes, I forced to cook and eat cat. And not because of my lineage, but because <laughs> it's what I had available out by the sex dungeon. And I don't mean sex dungeon. I mean me and Ramert's apartment. You and who? <laughs> I'll just spare it out for you. Err. <laughs> Err. God damn it. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I, you know, I've never actually written his name down. Yeah. So I imagine it's air, <laughs> a, n, n, a, air, d. Very good. Thank you so much. Sure, I go free now. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're free to leave. Another cartoon showed Ing picking his nose in a jail cell. And in this drawing, the wall of the cell behind Ing had portraits of people that were labeled Carol, Cosner, Parento, Dubs, Gerald, Allen, and Bonds, hmm. respectively, all names of murder victims. For satire, it's a little on the nose. <laughs> it seems a little on point, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Ing would brag to another one of his friends that he, not Lake, had done most of the killing. And the fact that these portraits contain many, but not all, of their known victims shows that there might be some truth to that. Now, that is extremely circumstantial, but it is possible that, well, that Lake- Leonard was killing people without his knowledge, and they were kind of like Leonard was kind of off doing crazy shit while Charles Ng was doing God knows what in the backyard. Yeah. Or totally possible that Charles Ng actually did do most of the killing, and Leonard Lake's main motivation was sex. That Leonard Lake was mm. more of a. Like, he was a killer who did it for, what? what's the name of it? A uh, Opportunity. Like, an opportunity killer. That He was killing for IDs. He was killing for social security checks. Uh, and, of course, wanted the sex part of it, but Charles Ng was killing for the pleasure of killing. And also, just this- to say he killed. I actually think that Charles Ng didn't get the sexual pleasure out of it like no. most killers do. I think it's to show that he's a cruel, cruel big guy. Like, he's a hard yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at their past, uh, and especially their motivations for joining the Marines, seems like Leonard Lake joined the Marines uh, just for the purpose of being in the Marines, for having right. that sort of survivalist attitude, tough guy attitude. But Leonard Lake, or but Charles Ng specifically said that he joined the Marines to kill people. Yeah, and to get a gun. Yeah, to get a gun and specifically to shoot people in the head these and are, to murder. These are two of the worst types of human beings that exist and they are they're kind of the type that is ruining everything for everybody in America right now. We're seeing these guys all over what, the place. people in cabins with sex dungeons in, in cabins? Yeah. I'm just talking about just the mentality. <laughs> well, that's part of it. I'm talking about the mentality. You look at the kind of... The, 
you can kind of connect kind of what's happening with that militia in Oregon kind of to how Charles Ng feels, which is a bunch of guys that kind of played at a militia for a long time and then decided they wanted to make it real. And like all of this shit where you could see these yeah. guys have this sort of a male ideal of, of what they're supposed to be doing where Charles Ng thought that to be a hardcore like badass you had to kill people that were essentially innocent and and show no mercy anywhere and it's i don't know we're we're, we're the yeah. our system's coming to a psychopathic crash ending last podcast on the left is sponsored by squarespace squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online thanks squarespace with Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay? Because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go ahead to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Oh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and you might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. 
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. I got a yard now and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a pl- Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Dun, 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 dun. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, oh, it's eaten up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah! Toss that rock! Come on, guys! Yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps. Whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops, you're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Price Picks with little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Basket. Price Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine if Bobby Bonilla played basketball? Woo-wee, dog! Then it would be more like baseball, but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today. And use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Uh, but as far as the cartoons by Charles Ng went, the most disturbing one by far showed Charles Ng demonstrating exactly what he meant by daddy died, mama cried, mm. baby fried. This one showed Charles Ng cooking a baby in a wok 
And considering how the Daddy Died refrain was most popular with Charles during his Dennis Moving Company days, it is most likely that the baby in question was the son of Harvey Dubbs. And when these cartoons were presented to Charles collectively during his trial, he tried to explain them all away, saying, quote, Okay, time and time again. Okay, how how how'd you explain what I bring to a friendship? Okay? It came about as a way to kill time, as friends do when you bring to friendship. And as a result of information that Roberge had supposedly read about me or heard about me, it resulted in a jocular activity uh. between me and him. He would draw part of the cartoon and he'd slide it over to me. I'd giggle. I'd giggle to myself, even though I knew it inappropriate. And I would embarrass it, and I'd send it back. You know, this was kind of a human thing between him and me. It's what we brought to our friendship. It yeah. was the curve of our friendship, and I don't really understand why people get so mad. I brought a friendship. Charles, Charles, it's Leonard. I'm up in heaven. I just want to say thanks for the friendship. You break my heart with Happiness. Oh, sweet Leonard. Oh. I've got to go finish sucking off the Lord. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, the whole court is just watching him talk to himself. <laughs> I can see him try to be like, him literally trying to to get people to understand him, like trying to be like, no, no, we joke around. And then it'll be like, you did that. You tell me how to joke around. Does someone go to Bill Bellamy and tell him how to joke around? Bill Bellamy. Bill Bellamy this reference. Is, this was 1992, 93, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, you know. Nobody Bellamy tells Chris Hardwick had to be funny on that single out show. Ooh, how I like Jenny McCarthy. Mm, yeah, she is very attractive. I don't think that the, the, the photos, though, the drawings don't seem to be that incriminating to me. Uh, if I was in the jury, I mean, they are just pieces of art, I suppose. Um, and don't you embellish things to, for the worst when you're in prison because it's such a bizarro world where put bad is way. good. You were on trial for the wrongful imprisonment, rape, murder of families, entire families, including men, women, and children. Probably not your best idea to to defend yourself in court is to draw funny cartoons. (laughs) Right. To draw Gary Larson-type cartoons (laughs) Mm, about the crimes that you are accused of doing. It's pretty incriminating. Yeah, well, but on the other hand, the evidence... You're right, Ben... As far as the American legal system is concerned, it is not evidence. That is the the evidence against Charles Ng was surprisingly circumstantial. The actual hard evidence was surprisingly circumstantial. Uh, As far as the actual murders go, as far as the uh, crimes, the capital crimes, the ones that would get him the death penalty, Mm. uh, surprisingly circumstantial. But as Henry said, taking the stand in your own defense is in any court situation any situation is the dumbest thing you can do never do it we're just not lawyers ever ever do it they can trip you up they can even if you're totally and completely innocent lawyers can still trip you up and they can still make you look guilty Uh, but in charles ng's case they can trip you up and actually prove that those cartoons yes Mm. those are reality uh, another one of the cartoons, by the way, mentioned Ng's quote-unquote asshole death grip. And when asked about this, Ng said, quote... 
Robert's kind of pulled my rig, and I end up making the writing as kind of a satire to show that this is how ludicrous this kind of saying is. It's just jocular. <laughs> nobody's laughing. Why is nobody laughing? I make a joke, and you just don't. I'm like Andy Kaufman. Right. The joke is the fact that I tell joke. See? You get it? Where did you st- who did you study under? Did uh, you study improv under? Del Close? <laughs> Del Close, the, the master of improv? Yes. <laughs> Second city I go. So this was just sort of a yes and gone terribly wrong. It, you have no idea how fast an improv scene can turn into murder of family. I see. <laughs> so the other guy, uh, the other prisoner to get an earful from Charles Ng was Ed Popovich, who had befriended him during their time together at Leavenworth while Charles served time over the failed Hawaiian weapons. I got to say this in real life. Charles Ng honestly must have been very funny. I think that he, 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 even if he was, even if it wasn't on purpose, I think that he was sitting there and he was such a ludicrous, horrible dude that you just could sit and listen to him rant about whatever it is he was ranting about for hours and you would just laugh, I guess. No, I mean, he's He's a terrible fucker. He's He's the dirtbag friend. All of us have a dirtbag friend who is unapologetically a dirtbag. But he's such a dirtbag that you can't help but laugh. But on the other hand, Charles Ng was doing this with other murderers <laughs> and like other murderers. Because what we didn't really say in uh, the the first or the last episode uh, was that Kathleen Allen's boyfriend was actually admittedly a guy who was sexually turned on by murder. That's why him and Charles Ng were friends, was because they started talking and Charles Ng just sort of got to the point where it's like, hey, you know what really turns me on? I've actually got this friend, Leonard Lake, that does this kind of weird stuff. It's kind of been doing this thing. And this other guy was like, oh yeah, me too. So the guys that Charles Ng was was making friends with... They're he, monsters. They're monsters. Yeah. Like was, they are. Like Charles Ng was the funny guy in the psychopath friendship <laughs> circle. Right. Yeah. It's like being <laughs> yeah the tallest guy at a in a, a horse race. I guess. Um, what? The, what? Oh, jockeys are small. <laughs> jockeys are small. The tallest jockey is still short. But I feel like it's bad to be the tallest jockey. <laughs> no, I know. Okay, the shortest jockey in a horse race. Well, I, I guess, guess that's good. I He's like a living Jerry Lewis character. I think it's the funniest jockey of the jockeys. The tallest jockey? No, the funniest jockey because jockeys are. I, oh, I think I don't know if they're also good people. I'm not really sure. I'm not putting any judgment. Jockeys, on jockeys. are great people. Great people. <laughs> So Popovich, this guy that Charles Ng was in Leavenworth with, claimed that after the two were released from prison, Ng would call him at least once a week, sometimes two or three times a week, and he would brag about the quote-unquote brotherhood that Leonard Lake and Charles Ng shared, and... He was like, hey, you remember Leonard Lake, the guy that would constantly send me pictures of his wife, the weird, naked, nude, S&M bondage pictures? Well, me and him are hanging out now. I'm living with him now. You, sir, are the missing piece of the puzzle. Mm. You should come live with us. You should come help us with this whole M-Lady thing that we're working on right now. And you would be the missing piece of the puzzle. And, But admittedly, to Ed Popovich's credit... He never took up Charles Ng on his offer. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. And what an enticing offer it was. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What the God. hell is that? I mean, can you imagine this- that? Can you imagine if just like, who's your biggest, fattest, grossest friend from back home? 
Mm, pick a my, name. Pick, pick a I name. I got a name in my head. That man calls you up and says, hey, I got another bigger, grosser guy that I hang out with. <laughs> uh, and we all we do is run train on poor, innocent women. You got to come out here and hang out with us. <laughs> hey. I'm not entirely sold. Do they have a Do they have a little Caesars? <laughs> but it is through Popovich that we know just a little bit more about Charles's colorful way with words. His term for rich people, fat cats. Not all that original. We've all heard that before. But his name for black people, boofers, was at least a little inventive <laughs> and not necessarily evocative. If someone says boofers, I'm not immediately going to oh, black people. No. I think of it, I think it's like, that's what I call the hair of, the, the, the tuft of hair above a butt crack. Oh. Yeah. The boofer. Yeah, my boofer is really, I got to shave that boofer off. My boofer is getting coarse. It <laughs> must be Halloween. <laughs> Popovich also said that Aang referred to babies as suckers. Yeah. And to further bolster the claim that Ng burned a baby alive, Popovich claimed that Ng had told him around the time that the Dubs family went missing that he had, quote, roasted a sucker. <laughs> oh, just, God. Jesus. It's just what a maniac. Horrible, horrible maniac. And he's just, oh. yeah, and he's just, like, he's just rattling things off to him. And he, like, spared no details when he was talking to Popovich about these murders. Uh, and by the way, Popovich was the guy that he told that. He had committed most of the murders. Uh, he said that he cut one victim up into pieces after killing her. He said he beat another one to death with a steel rod. He said another one, he removed her nipples with pliers while she was still alive. This yeah. is why I never ask anybody, what, how was their day? Because you know what? I don't want to know. People stay surface all the time. Right. But all it takes is one guy to not and no. tell you how he murdered a bunch of people. <laughs> that's now it. you're implicated. That's now it. that's your crime. I have to go to the police now. They somehow, why am I talking to this guy in the first place? Yes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. never say how are you to anyone that's ever been. Stick to the Packers or whatever regional team is in your area and the weather. Cold Pit- enough for you? Pick up a it's, cup of coffee. It certainly is cold. And the Packers, they are not looking great. Coffee, huh? <laughs> That's what you're drinking. That's what I'm drinking, too. Man. All right, I'll see you. Cool. <laughs> In the in the when the sun's out, it's warmer. Oh, that's what I've noticed. And when it's nighttime, that's when a lot of the times I go to sleep. Can I just dig a little bit deeper with you? I just <laughs> no, 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 habit, no, habit. no. I gotta, gotta uh, go. Okay. No, I'm sorry, I gotta go. Mm. <laughs> so the defense during Charles Ng's trial, using all of these statements that uh, Charles Ng had made uh, to Popovich, the statements he'd made to LeBurge, all of the cartoons that he'd drawn, and that's not to mention. His presence on the M Lady tapes. That's the thing. That's what really nails him is that he is on those tapes. Right. Is that yeah. They see him there. He's hanging out. He's talking to the M Ladies. He is uh, obviously a part of these crimes. Yeah, and he, mm. had, you know, and they used the cartoon in conjunction with something that he said on the tape. Uh, they said. Now, what did you mean when you said your baby is better off dead than with you? There's many. Mm. Jackie Wright Tuck, you get in heat of the moment. You can't go. You go in the middle of any improv scene. Again, Dale Crow said, follow the fear. Right. Okay? You get in the middle of any improv scene. Who knows? Yes, in the beginning of the scene, I may be uh, working with the shever, digging a new poo for my family. That's the situation. Next thing I know, I'm in rocket ship. Right. <laughs> 
You're improv. And you were digging a grave, huh? <laughs> so Charles Ng's entire defense was based around Leonard Lake committing every single one of the murders with Ng being a somewhat innocent bystander. Yes, he did participate in the forcible kidnapping uh, and imprisonment of these women. Yes, one of them did forcibly give him a massage in one of them, but he never killed anyone. This is what mm. he said during the trial about his involvement in the murder of the entire Bond family, which pretty much sums up Charles Ng's entire defense. You know, I actually feel pretty regret about this. It was when I was young and adventurous and, sur- and surrendered my independent judgment that I always going to regret. So Charles Ng, after six years... Mm finally sentenced to death and currently sits on death row at San Quentin State Prison. And I feel so bad for the people that are sitting on death row with him. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm really surprised there's no, like, sort of death row interview from him or something like that. I bet if we dig, we could find it. Yeah. Because he wow. loved to talk. No, no, no. I don't. I really don't think there is. I think Charles Ng, uh, because it's, we we talked about this. Uh, we up top, what we talked about is that this is one of those crimes that is so ridiculously brutal and so amazingly uh, mm. unconscionable. Yeah. Like you really, with with Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, you can't even imagine what it takes, what you have to turn off in your brain or what has to be turned off for you to commit these sorts of crimes. <laughs> to kill an entire family twice and to burn a baby alive in the process of one of them and to joke about it. They're monsters. They're, they're act- actual monsters. They're actual wow. monsters. All the rest of them, you can kind of see, like, you can, like, say, with Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy's charming. I mean, like, Ted you, Bundy was also a monster. Ted Bundy was a, he, a very dangerous as human far being. As, yeah. why, as far as why they have A&E specials about them, as far as why people oh, right. know about these guys, Ted yes. Bundy was charming. John, he was interesting. He was a college Republican and all that shit. John yeah. Wayne Gacy had a fucking clown costume on, and he was like that. They have like a it factor. Jeffrey Dahmer was a fucking cannibal, and he became the, the poster child for American serial killers. No. And they're also sort of like Henry Lee Lucas, where they show a side of America that a lot of Americans like to pretend does not exist. They like mm. to pretend that this dirtbag side of America is just something that only exists in movies. It's the other America mm-hmm. that America doesn't want to think about. Yeah. To be fair, it's rare. I'm going to say this is rare. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. It's totally. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, going this far is rare. Yeah. As far as dirtbag Americans go, not rare. No. I, would, I mean, I don't not I mean, just because you, you know, drink a lot of soda before bed doesn't mean that you should be, <laughs> you know, judged like the person who had the murder cabin. But wow, what a four-parter. Yeah, we did it. Oh my it. God, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Hmm. God bless you. Thanks for listening. And again, we don't make fun of the victims. We just make fun of these idiots. And they're not monsters. They're morons. And just be prepared whenever you do go around and you meet random people. Sniff around a little bit and investigate uh, a little bit further than just how the weather is and see if they're serial killers. Don't trust anybody. Yeah, not really. Yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I'm happy the podcast is helping the society come together. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, also, again, thanks everyone. The Patreon keeps oh getting more and more attention. Thank you guys so much uh, for your support, but we could definitely use uh, even more. We want to get to our next goal of $6,000. Once we get to uh, $6,000 per month, then the three of us are going to be doing a full-on Q&A session with all of the Patreon subscribers. That's everybody who's given anything from $1 uh, to $50 a month. And goddamn, God bless you guys that did $50 uh, a month. That's, yeah, Satan bless you. We have, I'm going to be in Atlanta for the next three weeks. I'm going to be creating a lot of fun content for the Patreon mm-hmm. alone in a hotel room, which oh. I'm looking forward to. It's going to give me some activities. We have a lot of extra content coming, you guys. I yeah. can't can't wait. It's really fun and to be able to, to be able to take the time to do it. You will be, uh, Henry will be in Atlanta filming season three. Yes. Of your pretty face is going to hell. When will that be? That'll be coming out sometime this year, I guess, huh? No idea. No idea. Good, good, good. <laughs> and it might not and even Heroes be Reborn is back on January 7th. Uh-huh. Thursdays at 8 p.m. on NBC. Sure it is. I actually Three more I watched a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah, I watched a little bit of it. The, the yeah. first episode? No, it was on. I, I saw it. Yeah, oh, so it was, you skipped like... What, 11 episodes? 29 I, episodes. I loved Heroes Reborn. I was watching it in, in between the commercials. I, I think these little movies, that's what I call commercials now, <laughs> just mini movies. And I'm, I'm loving Danny DeVito. He's working with George Clooney on one of these little movie things I about am, coffee. I'm going to say, my, my, my boss at NBC will thank you for watching the commercials. That's right. That's yeah. why te- television exists. All right. Corporations have ruined everything. <laughs> that's by the way, that's patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. And if you want to buy a last podcast on the left t-shirt, cavecomedyradio.com slash merch, yep. M-E-R. CH is where you're going to find that. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at LP on the left Mm -hmm, uh, and me on Instagram if you want to, if you want to pry into my fucking life, which is uh, at Dr. Fantasty, F-A-N-T-A-S-T-Y, Dr. Fantasty. That's great. I'm actually on Instagram at Ben Kissel one but I never use it, but maybe I should start. Yeah, I'm Uh, at Marcus Parks on Instagram as well, and I haven't used it since I went to the Native American Museum by myself like four years ago. Okay. (laughs) But it was a good day, and there's like six pictures on there. Hell yeah. Isn't that exciting? Oh, and yeah. you can find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. Mr. Zabrowski is on Twitter as well at Henry Loves You. I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel. And I do want to say uh, thank you guys, uh, uh, all the fans for who, uh, who have been stopping by yeah. uh, lately. It's really fun to see you. We don't uh, have people watch uh, last podcast on the left, except for obviously during our live show. But if you want to stop by on Sundays, we record Top Hat and uh, Roundtable. And, yeah, uh, we both have of people those shows in there. Are, yeah, you're, you're more than welcome to come and hang out on the couch, and we'd love to meet you. Yeah, Roundtable, 6.30 p.m. We also do a live stream that you can listen to at cavecomedyradio.com. Uh, but it yeah, was if you Adge come, who came, right? Was it Adge who I came yesterday? I think that's how his name is pronounced. Yes, and he was a wonderful guy. Wonderful man and super nice. Uh, but yeah, 1093 Jackson Avenue is the place to go and that's, you know, and also come out and watch some comedy here and eat some Mexican food here. Eat some Mexican food. <laughs> um, so yeah, th- and again, yeah, thank you so much for the Patreon. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. And Heil Gein. Hail me, please. I think Charles Eng should take us out. Uh, you know, I'm going to miss talking to everybody, but yeah. you know what I like most about death row? You know what's that? The food. It's, it's good food. You know why? Because I don't have to cook no more. <laughs> and they understand that it's not always Charlie's got to do the cooking, always doing the washing. Charles, it's me. Yes. <laughs> you <laughs> sold me out, you <laughs> dickhead. You damaged it. You said it's most honorable amongst brothers. I'll be waiting for you in hell. You fucker. You fucker. I cook, I wash for you. I want to bring your friendship. <laughs>
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.